Welcome to the Diversity, Inclusion, and Belonging Teams podcast, Why Language Matters. This podcast is meant to explore words, their meaning, and how we can use language to be inclusive. Today's episode is about the pandemic and getting back to normal. I think it's safe to say that we've all been traumatized by the events that have transpired over the last 15 months. And now that COVID cases are dropping, vaccinations are out, restrictions are being lifted all around the nation. People are excited to get back to their normal life again and just normal social activities, rightly so, um, after being locked up for so long. But what does that look like? What does the new normal look like? Is there a new normal? How do we get there? And how do we make sure that we're bringing everybody with us in now a more aware, safe and inclusive world? So I'm excited to talk about this topic. I'm Nicole Doyle. I am on the diversity, inclusion and belonging team. My pronouns are she, her and hers. And I'm based out of Southern California. Hi, yeah, I'm Shannon Leonard. I've been with Sunrun since 2014. My pronouns are she, her, and hers, and I am based out of San Luis Obispo, California. My name is Christopher Kingetter, he, him, his. I am the senior project manager for the safety department, and I came over from, uh, been with Vivint since about 2016, and now a proud Sunrunner. Sylvie Flora here, Managing Director at Accenture. I'm actually joining you all as a guest spot. My pronouns are she, her, and hers, and I'm happy to be here today. I'm Hillary Brown. I'm a member of the Diversity, Inclusion, and Belonging team here at Sunrun. My pronouns are she, her, and hers, and I'm based out of Seattle, Washington. Some of you had talked earlier about congenital conditions that you have, and I wanted to open this chat up with, you know, what is the last 15 months looked like for you, you know, with your condition, with your location and, you know, friends and lifestyle? Great question. So um, my location is actually uh, the great busy state of New Jersey, super populated ever since the fifth grade, I think, been in the most densely populated state uh, in the country. So personal space is a big deal to us. You can't hide from anywhere. And maybe in the middle of the country, uh, you, you have a you smaller town, smaller populations. It's not that big of a deal to, to distance. But you go into a gas station convenience store to, to get a bottle of water or something. And, and there's literally 15 people in a space that, you know, you, you can't fit more than one in anymore. So uh, a lot of things were different like that. Luckily, since I you, you brought up the congenital defects and everything, luckily I uh, qualified for comorbidity which then entitled me to get vaccinated in January. So I've been fully vaxxed since like first week of February, maybe. And I've been dying to take my mask off because I'm vaccinated. And you would have never guessed that I'm disabled because I am an able-bodied, normal-looking 38-year-old guy. So if anyone were to even ask and I were to tell them, they would just think I'm lying anyway. So we're in the era of minding your own business, I think. I think that's what it's come down to is if someone has one on or doesn't have one on, you just, cool, they're doing them, let them do them at this point. That's kind of where I'm at. You know, it was an interesting time for me the last 15 months. I had a baby for the first time. It was a um, really exciting time in our lives. And I think when he was about three or four months old is when the pandemic kind of exploded. And it was really um, concerning for me because 
you know, we didn't have the information yet of what the transmission rates were like, what age groups were really being affected. And because this was the first grandbaby on each side of the family, there was like a lot of pressure from grandparents to visit. And I was not super comfortable with that, with this going around. And that caused tension in my relationship with my husband. You know, it just was a waterfall effect. I'm sure we've all experienced in our personal relationships and life during the last year kind of happened. So the first few months, you know, around March to like May were really tough for us, just trying to do what's right for our family and then our extended family who are so excited to see this baby. But we got through that as like information got a little bit better. And we just kind of, you know, figured what was best for our family. We made sure if only direct family members could visit and they had to like not have gone anywhere in the last two weeks. We just kind of mimicked what the guidelines were uh, for everyone with our specific family. And luckily no one, you know, close to us got sick. So we managed that. And, um, and then unfortunately I was laid off during the pandemic while I was on maternity leave, you know, there was no hard feelings. It's just what the company had to do to kind of survive just like all of us. And around that time is when I was learning, I'm not a stay at home mom. I have more respect for women who stay home with their children than I've ever had in my life. It is the toughest job out there. And I was really looking forward to the mental break of going back to work and like focusing on adult topics, focusing on my career and having that separation from like family and home and having work. Um, So that was like kind of the second huge thing during the 15 months that was like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to get through this? What's my life going to look like? And then you know, a few months after that, I got a call from someone, a manager at Sunrun that I used to report to who said there's a position opening up that I think you'd be really good for, you should apply. Um, and I did. And I got the position on the fleet monitoring team as an analyst doing something I really enjoy. And it couldn't have worked out better for me. I got to stay home with my son during a time where we were all really unsure of what was going on. I didn't have to stress about his health. Um, I got to come back to work on a new team in a challenging environment I really like. So, yeah, I think the biggest message for me was like, you really have to live in the moment and try not to project your fears and anxieties on the future because you never know what is going to happen tomorrow for you. I wish I could go back and tell Shannon in March, like, it's going to be okay. You don't have to control everything. You don't have to worry about everything because it it did work out well for me. Yeah, we're so happy you're back. And thank you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The, the unknowns of the beginning was, uh, I I feel like it was part of the most terrible part of it. Like we were all like, Oh, you know, we're going to, we'll see you in three weeks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Three more weeks, two more weeks. Yeah. Yeah. That was so hard. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. Um, Shelby, would you like to go next? Yeah, absolutely. So the pandemic for me, I think about it in a, in a couple of, you know, different lenses. It was just not only the, the day to day as well as the epiphanies that came both during and, and post. So when it all first happened, you know, I'll be the first to admit, I was a little flippant about it. I'm like, ah, you know, it's just a flu, you know, here I am with a congenital lung condition that leaves me with 25% lung function. And I'm not, you know, I'm not worried about it. What's all this, you know, kerfuffle about but then when you started getting in, you know, getting into the data that this was actually a virus that was, you know, targeting uh, tissue and cells in their in the respiratory tract. And then obviously the, the lockdowns that started happening across the U.S. Then it, it hit me pretty hard for admit where admittedly I found myself on the floor crying the first day of uh, of quarantine because 
for me, this was just a, with any big shock, you know, it takes anyone, you know, time to adjust. And I just had to, to release that kind of stress out of my system. But for what went through my mind was, A, oh crap, this could actually be very bad for me. And this is, this is going to rock my world. And so having that, that more fear of mortality, different than kind of, you know, Joe blogs, you know, normal folks that, that don't have any comorbidities. But then also I'm, I'm a high extrovert. I travel for work. And so this was fundamentally, you know, in addition to causing me, you know, potential physical harm, it was fundamentally going to change my way of life in a, a way that I probably was, wasn't going to um, enjoy. That being said, I didn't have a lot of time to process it for the first few months. And so I had a little bit of a different experience than what you were describing, Shannon, or, or even Chris, because being in cybersecurity, I was immediately put in charge of some projects. We were helping companies pivot really quickly. We were building technology to help disperse stimulus payments. So I was, you know, me and the team were working like 20 hour days. So you just didn't have, so I was kind of grateful to a degree. Like I didn't have time to pay attention to all the unknowingness that was, that was happening in, across the globe with this novel virus. So I was grateful for that, but there's always, there's always a come down from, from it all. And that I experienced that twice during the pandemic. And this just in understanding a little bit of how the physiology and the biology works is obviously our, everyone's cortisol and adrenaline were, were pretty high collectively across this, you know, past 15 months. And whenever your hormones get out of whack, out of your, your homeostasis, it's going to cause impacts one way or the other. For me, I actually didn't experience during um, the quarantine period because having a comorbidity, you know, I didn't leave my, I only left my condo 10 times and I lived by myself because I was like, I don't have another choice. If I want to live to see 2022, I'm saying put and having everything delivered and thank God for delivery services and good friends and family, et cetera. But it was really interesting about two weeks after I was fully vaccinated, I had another moment where I found myself on the floor crying, but talking with some of uh, my doctors and just being interested in this space in general, it was the come down from the adrenaline, adrenaline, which is either fight or freeze, as well as the cortisol, which is, you know, the stress hormone, like everyone was having elevated levels. And so it, it was the come down from all that and your body just trying to like restabilize it all. So I had to give myself some grace of just because I'm vaccinated, I don't have the immediate, you know, life threatening, you know, kind of scare out there. I just gotta, you kind of gotta ease back into it a little bit with, with grace. So those are some, some key learnings of, of mine is that there's a huge physiological component and got to roll with it a little bit. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I didn't, I'm an introvert and I've worked from home since I've been with Sunrun. So for the last almost eight years now, and I'm one of those people that I'm like, oh, I can stay home by myself for like two, three, maybe four weeks and like not have any human interaction. As long as I'm working, I'm totally, I'm chill. But even I had that after quarantine where I was like, I have to get out. This is too much. So I can't even imagine how you were dealing with that, Shelby, as an extrovert. That's intense. People got a lot of FaceTimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Hillary, would you like to go next? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I, I think I was pretty fortunate in all of this. I had some some life events that kind of were and, and positive life events that were kind of markers in time that kind of kept propelling the year forward. So, you know, I, I got engaged. We had we decided to move, and so like my life today looks so different than my life did at the beginning of this. And so that has just been kind, I guess, kind of helpful to 
to have that like evolution over this time. I, I think it's it's helped me mentally separate how I felt at the beginning of of the pandemic to where I am now. And I, I think maybe that's helped me process it. It's either helped me process it or it has pushed it deep down. <laughs> I haven't been able to process it yet. Time will tell. Um, but I'm, I'm also an introvert and my fiance is also an introvert. So I, I think day to day, we were very fortunate. It, it didn't really change our life very much. I did have some family members who were a little flippant about it. And I was a little nervous about seeing them and was trying to figure out how I would put up boundaries just as a, um, to, to help them, even though they, they didn't want to put up the boundaries themselves. Can I just comment on just the theme of resiliency? Just and Shannon, with your your new kiddo, and then you still like pushing forward with life events and getting engaged and moving. It just, you know, in a global pandemic, life's not going to stop. It's going to look a lot different. But mm -hmm. fundamentally, you know, we figure out ways to death. And yes, it will be stressful. And yes, it's it'll you know take us getting used to. But I, I don't know. I think that's kind of the cool thing about it. You know, particularly you know a couple of years. I think we'll look back and be kind of proud of ourselves. We, we might be a little too close to it, but I, don't know, I think it's just still cool that life still finds a way to, to go on, even if there is a, a raging global pandemic outside. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, I've heard a lot about like shifting mindset recently, and that's just another instance of it being brought up. It's like, you know, just, yes, it's a, a terrible situation, but there is some good that can come out of it. And so looking for that and sort of embracing the change and going, okay, how is this just going to fundamentally change things? And how do I be flexible with that? Question for Shannon. You said it put a, a strain on your relationship and I, I kind of forgot I put one on mine as well. When it first happened, I'm like, uh, just another thing that I'm going to beat because again, I've, I've overcome like a ridiculous amount of things in life that it's like I'm it's now second nature for me just to go, ah, oh, this is no big deal. This is just another hospital stay and a rehab stint, and I'll be back on my feet in no time. Uh, but my wife was like wiping things down on the porch, spraying things off in a in a rubber suit, and then coming inside and doing it again and, and all that stuff, and then juxtaposed by her family's flippant uh, attitude towards it, and you know, little secret here. I'm trying to start a family. Haven't don't have any kids or anything like that. We're we're starting to try, but we can't even like discuss that because of the way everyone looks at everything. And uh, I don't even want to start fights or problems with anybody over over this issue, you know. So, if you don't mind, could you elaborate a little bit on like the struggles that you had and and what you were able to do to overcome them? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that's a great point. I will say we're very lucky that both all of the grandparents, so my husband's family uh, parents are divorced, right? So we have two sets of grandparents on his side and then my mom and dad. Everyone was really great in letting us kind of dictate what the situation would be. And I know that's not the case for a lot of families. I know there's a lot more kind of pushy mother-in-laws or father-in-laws that are like, why is so-and-so saying I can't see the baby? We didn't have any of that. They were like, whatever you guys are comfortable with. So then it just came down to my husband and I, and he's a first responder. And so in his mind, it was kind of like, we, if we're going to catch this, it's going to come from me because of my job and our grandparents or the parents are retired and taking this very seriously anyway. Like he felt the risk of having those people, just the grandparents come was much lower than him even coming and going from work. 
which is rational. I don't disregard that, but I was like a brand new mom and I'm like, it doesn't matter if, if it's a 0.001% more risk that this infant where there's no statistical data on how this virus affects infants yet, if there's any chance of an increased exposure for him, then I can't do it. And he was like, well, I'm not, you know, it was more of like, I'm not going to let us live in fear. I'm not letting fear dictate our decisions. And I'm like, okay, but I will let science dictate our decisions. And we don't have the information yet. And can we agree that can we just check in with each other every two weeks and see where we're at? And I think it was more me calming down because I don't think what he was thinking was wrong given our personal circumstances of our careers. And then there was, you know, as more information came out and I was able to like, not just take the media necessarily at its word and kind of see some of the, the studies that were coming out and the risk to children was very, very low. Even infection rates at all were low, let alone symptoms. I started, you know, becoming more comfortable with the idea of having grandparents come and visit and we were able to, to meet that way. So it was more him giving to me, you know, in those situations, I feel like in a relationship, you can either continue to butt heads and it's not healthy or someone's going to have to concede. And what we have decided is whoever is in the most fear gets to dictate how we move forward because it's not a good place to be, right? And if, if this makes you feel more safe or more comfortable or have more confidence, then you can lead in this regard. And that, will, that was kind of the rule we set as we raise you know, our child or children in the future is. I ride horses, my husband surfs. There's going to be a lot of things that come up with the kids where someone might not be comfortable with a three-year-old going out into the ocean or riding a horse. <laughs> and so whatever parent has the most fear at that time, and fear is probably too negative of a word, but hesitation, whatever, you, that parent is right. And that parent gets to lead the situation. That's what we decided. Sounds like a super healthy relationship. <laughs> So congrats. It's taken a lot of therapy and work, but yeah, I think we're doing pretty good. <laughs> That's such a great approach. It's it's a very respectful approach. Shelby, Hillary, did you have any other similar experiences? In terms of navigating boundaries, um, not so much because I, I live by myself as well as I had a pretty firm boundary that, you know, no one was <laughs> allowed around me with, you know, a ten, within a 10 foot pole. That being said, as things have started to open up, um, I've really, really appreciated friends asking me, like, do you, like, even Hillary, when I went to go visit them um, at her her cabin during quarantine, she's like, do you want me to wear a mask around you? I was like, no, like, you guys quarantined for two weeks, you know, but I appreciate you asking. And, you know, my father who came to visit me in Chicago, you know, some of the first times I'm getting to, to see my family, I said, hey, like, I, you know, I know you're still a little bit trepidatious about the pandemic because he normally takes the red line into to my condo said i'm gonna rent a car i'll just pick you up you know it just it's just those little things of checking in i do think just asking goes goes a long way so i've appreciated when folks have done that for me i've been trying to make a conscious effort of just take the temperature not literally but metaphorically take the temperature of everyone i mean kind of where their, their comfort level is you know social pressure is a very powerful tool and I think a lot of us utilized that in, during the pandemic to sort of, you know, call out other people for putting your safety in danger, you know, and kind of giving them that pressure to say, okay, well, if you're in the grocery store with me and, and a bunch of other people, wear a mask, right? And I've noticed that that's still kind of, that social pressure is still kind of happening, but in different ways. You know, some people are really excited to get back out there 
and to hang out with their friends. And so they're applying that social pressure to get people to, you know, go and do things now that they may be vaccinated or restrictions are down. I, I love the respect that that you all are talking about. And I'm just kind of curious how you all think that we can continue those very respectful, just checking in conversations as we move out of these pandemic stages and as things are being lifted. And I, I'm also just kind of curious, like how you all feel about that. Are you ready to just dive in? No mask. Do you still have reservations? And then how, you know, are you having those conversations with your family and loved ones about their comfortability and, you know, and even just moving forward, I'm sure this is going to be a theme for at least another year. I have a couple of perspectives on this is first and foremost, I think it's really, and this goes for a lot of things in life, but first of all, one has to get very clear within themselves what their comfort level is. Because if you find yourself in a situation and you're like, ah, you know, you, you get, you're like, oh, I actually not comfortable. That's often too late. And, I, you know, it'll just add tension and you'll be uncomfortable. The other person might be uncomfortable, you know, et cetera. So just really having those thoughtful check-ins internally. And then you're obviously whoever you're you immediately associate with, kind of like Shannon was saying, those, those regular check-ins, you know, on a fortnightly basis. So I think that's step number one. And, and it may evolve over time because I was like, I'm not going to go back into a gym until 2022. Now with the data coming out, I'm like, mm, I would really like to get my summer arms back, <laughs> back in shape. Um, so I think that's, that, that's step number one. I think step number two is kind of what I was alluding to earlier of, you know, this lasted 15 months. It was more than long enough to create new habits and new neural pathways in our, in our brain, like how we perceive, you know, certain social situations, et cetera. We've been out of the, you know, physical habit of, you know, rearranging our scheduled social interactions with work and how long it takes to to fro. So I think just like easing into it a little bit, maybe not completely diving off, you know, into the deep end, that that might be nice for folks as well. And then, yeah, you just have to, and I know this is going to sound trite and everyone, you know, on any podcast or article is going to say it is, you just have to communicate. People, as much as we would love to think people can read our minds, they can't. <laughs> so those would be uh, Shelby's uh, tips and tricks based on my experience thus far. Yeah, I think one of the, the key things that Shelby pointed out is like how check in with how you feel because we've all mostly been responding to a social pressure for a year or so. And I think that's probably where I fall short a little bit. I'm like more just like, what am I supposed to do? Just tell me what I'm supposed to do <laughs> instead of assessing my own comfort level. So yeah, that's something I'll be working on in, in the next couple months. One thing I was going to say is I hope that people will operate from a place of empathy one thing that's really opened my eyes having a family and how much work goes into having a family is everyone is just trying to do what's right for their family. No one is getting vaccinated to piss somebody off and nobody's not getting vaccinated to piss somebody off. It's operating out of a place of what they think is best for them. And whether our personal belief is, hey, you're really buying into misinformation or not, it doesn't matter what your personal belief is. Those people are doing what they think is best. And it may not be the right decision for society, but if it's the right decision for them right now, I have respect for that. And that might not be the popular opinion. I mean, I know, you know, the quicker we can get this country vaccinated, the quicker things go back to normal. But I have so much empathy for people that are just trying to make the right decisions for themselves and their family. The only thing that kind of concerns me is a lack of respect still that I hear if somebody thinks or feels different from you. I have friends all across the board, vaccinated, not vaccinated, 
political beliefs all over. I can be friends with anybody and I love them all. I don't judge them. And I have to say that's something that's come with my older age. That's not how I operated in like my 20s. You know, it's just from life experience. So that's one thing I would say is just try to have empathy. Even if you don't agree with someone, they are just trying to do what's best for them. And again, it's probably coming out of a place of fear or confusion. And that's kind of my biggest takeaway from all of that. I'm ready for things to open up in that. I think at least in California, we've had the vaccine option available for a long time. If you're an adult, you can make the decision to get it. I really want to see small business owners be successful and be able to operate normally. I'm I'm a mixture of, you know, I feel like being extroverted and socializing is somewhat taxing for me, but I also enjoy those experiences. And I'm telling you, I miss talking to adults in person. And I am ready for that. <laughs> I, I want to go back to the office at least part time. It's it's helpful for me. So yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at personally. I think we're all kind of on the same page there. So it's like empathy and compassion, right? Or just just consideration. Let's put it in one word. Just being considerate. And I think that like there's enough considerate people out there in the world to lead by example and just kill them with kindness. And hopefully everyone will go, oh, well, what they're doing is working. So I'll just follow suit. Case in point, less physical touching. Like, no, shaking hands is kind of not a thing anymore. I went to do it a handful of times in the beginning of the pandemic. And like the other person was like right there. And we were both like, oh, we can't do that. So then you did the whole like Fonzie through your your hair thing or whatever. The other thing would be... uh, yeah, like Shelby said, new neural pathways. I'm I'm all about rebuilding my neural pathways. I had to do that. I, I literally had to do that in order to teach myself to walk again. New norms, not going to work, sick. Learning that we can work from home. There's a lot of jobs out there that don't need to be in an office. And companies are going to realize that and save money on overhead by not having a massive five-story, 40,000-square-foot building. I'm in the safety department, right? So I've dealt with harnesses on roofs, ladders setting up, car accidents, things like that. And guess what? I am now. I'm an epi- epidemiologist for uh, for Sunrun. And every every person that has a question about COVID and do I do this, do I do that, it goes through the safety department. So like Shelby said in the beginning, she had to pivot really hard, really fast. Luckily, I didn't get furloughed, but I was working like 18-hour days from like March of 2020 to like the beginning of 2021. And, you know, with the merger too. So it was uh, nothing but uh, full throttle. And I'm, I want everything to open up, but at the same time, I'm in no rush to continue dealing with COVID cases. So I want those to all go down so I can focus on my job of keeping workers safe from like construction problems and not diseases. <laughs> so you said something, Chris, about normal. And I want to talk about that. Like, what, what is the new normal? What does that look like for each of us? Obviously, we can't predict the future, kind of like Shannon and, you know, in the beginning, like, I wish I could have told my past self that it was going to be okay. So we we can't predict the future. We don't know exactly how it's going to go, what next year is going to look like, what 2025 is going to look like. And I'm, I'm curious to, to know from you what your new normal might look like now and what you think it might look like, you know, in the near or longer term future. One simple thing that I've started doing just kind of out of the nature of the circumstances we're living through is like my son, when we go out to the beach and we go play, of course, he just goes towards kids or families if he sees toys out. And so as he's approaching, I will from a distance be like, is it okay if he comes and says hi? Pre-pandemic, I would have, no one would have ever done that. You just let the kids play. 
So I think that's something I will take with me. Even if we do like, say, go back to offices part-time and we're doing every other desk, I would just look at the person, you know, across the way, hey, are you comfortable if I sit here? And just use that type of language, which is stuff I would have never thought about before. But I think it's something I've learned within the last year. And I also don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. I have like a real fear of confrontation. So it also helps me. I hope I can make that person feel comfortable. And I also hope I can avoid some type of confrontation potentially by someone not liking the circumstances we're in for me to say, hey, do you mind if I sit here? Hey, do you mind if my son comes to place with your kids? And that gives people an opportunity to be like, oh, you know what? I'm not really comfortable with that. And totally respectful. I'll, you know, we'll move or we'll move along. Um, That's one small thing I'll be taking with me. For me, when I was reflecting on this, from like a social life perspective, I actually think my life will snap back pretty quickly to traveling to see friends and family and, um, you know, kind of really getting energy out of those, those situations. However, I am very curious and I think it'll be an item to keep a close eye on over the next probably 18 to 24 months is what it means from a work perspective. And obviously I'm not a sun runner, but you know, I work in a client facing field, which I know part of your workforce does as well. So, I mean, I also lead teams. So I find myself in a people lead situation. And so when I think about those two facets, it's, you know, from a people lead situation, Accenture is used to working with hybrid teams, you know, um, but we, always at least got together every once in a while to either do team bonding or do strategy sessions, et cetera. So knowing that those potentially will become even more infrequent, I actually am kind of worried about the the team's ability to be creative and, you know, push the limits, et cetera. My team did fine. We were actually highly productive throughout the pandemic, but, you know, execution wasn't the problem. But when we're starting to think, you know, I'm in cybersecurity, so we're always trying to like outsmart the bad guys and gals. But some of that like good creative thinking just comes when, you know, teams are out for dinner or, you know, <laughs> sneaking out to get a coffee or a cookie, um, et cetera. So that, that'll be something, you know, I think folks in people management positions are, are going to have to navigate it. You'll probably get direction you know, from corporate about return to office policies, et cetera. But I think it'll be like a team by team dynamic too of figuring out what works best for, for that particular team. And the second thing for folks who are more client facing is one observation that I discerned throughout the pandemic is once again, current clients were fine. Like everyone was in in, in the same situation. Um, And so folks kind of had that initial empathy for that. But I did notice that we weren't originating or building net new relationships with uh, new accounts because a lot of the world, you know, still runs, you know, when we're competing head to head against uh, competitors, yeah, we may have the better, better product, but oftentimes we win is because we made the client feel comfortable with us, that they could partner with us or, you know, they felt comfortable doing business with us. So I'll be super interested to see how, you know, kind of business development goes or client relationships go, knowing that in-person meetings and conferences, et cetera, will be um, a bit more tapered for at least the next, you know, 18 to 24 months. So I think part of the new normal is going to be like a a cool gig economy that is strong with contactless everything. We go to Target and just get stuff put in our trunk now instead of like going and rolling through Target. Super convenient. But to Shelby's point, socializing is super important. You know, work isn't just work. Work is like socializing and it goes the other way. So like I noticed that People forget how to interact with other people properly or even like the 
oh, I was mouthing words to this person and I forgot that I didn't have a mask on. And you're like mouthing like, you know, profanity to somebody or, or trying to talk under your breath or make faces, roll your eyes, whatever. And you're sitting there like, well, nope, nope, you can see me. This isn't cool. Like, so there's going to be relearning, reintroduction into, into society for a lot of us. And um, again, on, on a safety aspect, I kind of always bring it back there. Car accidents are way up. At fault, not at fault, you name it, it's up. Why is that? Because because we're people home for a year and literally like forgot how not to tailgate and, and things like that. So there's so many versions of normal or, or, or things to learn to get back to, to normal. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how everyone is in like a year. Is this going to be, oh, remember back in, uh, remember back last year when this was a thing? Oh God, how stupid were we? Or is it going to be like, we're all wearing plague masks going, wow, we all should have been more careful. Hopefully it's trending the right way. I mean, I see it's trending the right way, but hopefully it keeps going and staying that way. I feel like I've been kind of part of an experiment of people hired to new teams during a pandemic. So you're learning remotely and you're meeting your team remotely. And there's a lot of benefits to remote work, especially when you're a busy family, right? You get a little bit more time with your family. You can live anywhere, which is an opportunity we've never had as a society, as a, as a people, right? That's so amazing to have that. But the one con I could potentially see if we don't learn how to manage it is getting new hires assimilated to their teams in a virtual environment. I'm lucky enough to be in a unique situation where I already worked for Sunrun for six years when I was rehired. I have a lot of connections. I know a lot of people. For the specific job I'm doing, I already had experience with that. But nevertheless, I'm on a new team with new job duties, new subject matter, new faces. And it's been really challenging. I feel a lot of self-imposed guilt for not assimilating to the team faster, not learning team job duties faster, not knowing how to respond to emails. It's really tough. And no one from my team has made me feel that way. It's they're great. It's like the self-imposed, I want to be working better and efficient and know everything at 100%. Whereas in an office environment, if you're doing emails and you don't understand a request that's come in, you can just tap at someone's desk like, hey, can you look at this? Now I have to schedule a meeting. Hey, can you help me? What time blocks do you have? Check my calendar. You know, it becomes this huge event. So it would be really interesting. It'd be really interesting if Sunrun was able to take a look at people that were hired during the pandemic who have kind of learned their roles virtually or remotely and see where we can improve from a training aspect to kind of handle that transition. It's a really great idea. Yeah. Really like that a lot. And especially since, you know, I think I, I'm making the assumption that as we move into the future, more and more teams are going to be hybrid, you know, whether mm -hmm. that means some people are fully remote while some people go in the office a couple days a week or, you know, everybody goes in the office a couple days a week or there's, you know, some people go on Tuesdays and Thursdays, other people go on Mondays and Wednesdays. And so it's worth it to dig in and, you know, figure out what's working for people and how to improve. Yeah, I can't stress enough how important it is to know who you're talking to on a even slightly personal level. Knowing people face to face and having a, a conversation and hearing tones of voice and inflection and, and, and all that stuff is super important, Shannon. I can't I can't agree with you anymore about how as much as remote work is awesome and freedom and all that good stuff. It's it's absolutely essential to be like you, you just need that human contact that goes back to that age old every no man is an island and you, and you need human contact mm -hmm. 
I would say just my overall theme would be just give yourselves, give your family members, give the collective public, your community, you know, a little bit of grace. We've all been through a collective trauma um, and that will build resiliency, but also leave us with a few, you know, scratches and bumps and bruises. So as much as we can, you know, give each other, you know, the benefit of, of the doubt, I think that will make the transition back or into the new normal that much smoother. I mean, I think Shelby just summed it up very well. I think just be kind to yourself, be kind to others. We're all in the same boat, which is, um, you know, once in a generation thing Mm -hmm. to say is like, we've all been through, the entire world has been through the same thing in the last 15 months. So yeah, we all just need to need to be nice to each other. I think probably my biggest piece of advice to myself and to everyone is kind of what my husband and I have been focusing on in our relationship, which is, you know, the person or the people with the hesitation aren't wrong. If there's fear or if there's nervousness, like have empathy for those people and give them some space. I agree about not trying to not operate from a place of fear, but when you push people and you try to push your ideas on someone else, what do people tend to do? They tend to hold on to those fears even stronger because it's what's familiar and it's what they know. So I think giving some grace, like Shelby said, is the best thing you can do. And like, having empathy for everybody and you know letting them make the decisions that are best for themselves and you continue to make the decisions that are best for you and your family and hopefully you know we all end up in a better place and this thing comes to an end i would definitely echo everything they the the lady said and then um add on don't ever think you know more than someone else and don't don't talk down to anybody because they have any sort of differing opinion. There's a million places to get your information and who knows who's right. And that leads me into my final point. Stop watching the news, go outside, play with your kids and, and take care of each other. Because honestly, that's if everyone's head wasn't there, we wouldn't be here. That's That's all. validate some people's feelings and then give some other people some tips and tricks in order to safely navigate this space with their friends and family. So thank you again. Really appreciate it. In this episode, we discussed our experiences, perceptions, and feelings about our country's reopening and going back to our new normal after the COVID-19 pandemic. We encourage everyone to continue to monitor and observe the guidance from CDC. Additionally, all Sunrun employees should continue to observe the safety precautions as directed by the company and our safety team. 